Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Welcome lovers of tear jerkers and all you other jerks. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike and joining me are my fellow assholes, John and AJ. <laughs> AJ, how's life in the fast lane? I am an asshole. I appreciate that. Now, John, are you ready to cry? Oh, look, I, to, to, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was all wrung out after last week. Yeah. So we did the idiots last week and I was, I was wrung out. I, I was doing, I did big silent crying, you know, where you go, ah, ah, <laughs> you know, like open mouth, sucking in the air. So that was gross. And yeah, so to bring it on, bring on more, more, more. How do you like me? How do you like me? So this week, Breaking the Waves, 1996. I got it wrong. This is the first film in the trilogy. Oh. The, of the Golden Hearts trilogy. Because technically the idiots, because the idiots came out after. Mm. So I blew right. it. But I, I always just felt like the idiots was the first one. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It, it looks like it's the first one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did come up with a whole manifesto to explain the shittiness. True, so, true. So, what well, you know? What tell me the circumstances? The, the, who watched it on their uh, on their Apple Watch? <laughs> <laughs> In the way Lars von Trier intended. Yes. No, I I did watch it on TV. All right, good. I watched it on my laptop. Right. And you, or presumably you watched it alone. You didn't make anyone else sit through it. I watched it alone. Yeah. yeah. I would have heard Which about I, it. I, I, <laughs> I, I wished I had watched it with someone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pay that. Yeah. It was, it was tough, man. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. a serious bummer. It was, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess again, I've I've had maybe a little bit more time to come to terms with it, so you can sort of just I just get to enjoy it, like you know, and I know I know it's what's coming. <laughs> you know the gut punch. Yeah, I know all about all that. So <laughs> uh, I'm I'm you know. Well, wait, what was more of a bummer, uh, the idiots or breaking the waves? Breaking the waves. Breaking the waves. Okay, is it because of the sailors or? Well, I, I, th- this had very little humor in it. Mm. Whereas the idiots, you know, had a lot That's more humor. That's true. Mm. That is true. Yeah. Because there's, okay. uh, I mean, we should probably do the synopsis mm. first, but there is, there's only one really funny thing that I, I thought in it was, was the wedding scene. Okay. Well, that's pretty much the beginning. <laughs> yes. You know, we do not favor matrimony with outsiders. Can you even tell us what matrimony is? It's when two people are joined in God. We worship thee as the author of every good and perfect gift. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say this, but I don't trust you. 
Stronger than you and me. You don't understand, do you? Did you realize that I will have to go back soon? You've got to go on living when he isn't here. I mean, he's not dead. You're not dead. Your husband may never walk again. But he lived. Finished, Bill. You must make up with him. A husband and wife have to be able to talk to each other. I want you to find a man to make love to. I've come to dance. And then come back here and tell me about it. Are you sleeping with other men to feed his sick fantasies? Have you any idea what it's like to be cast out? You've got yourself involved in something which is out of your control. His, his head's full of scars. He's up to his eyeballs in drugs. He doesn't know what he's saying. Just gotta get out of here. Be gone, Bess McNeil, from the house of God. Okay, Bess McNeil, played by Emily Watson, is a quiet Scottish lass living in a strict as all get out Calvinist community. There's a group of serious male elders that run the show and the first time we meet her, she's asking their permission to marry a hot Danish oil rig worker called Jan, played by Stellan Skarsgård. Bess is sweet and kind, uh, but it's clear that she's you know, got some emotional issues uh, from you know things in the past. And she also likes to talk to God, performing both sides of the dialogue. So that's, <laughs> she says, she asks the question... And then she gives the answer, you know, like she's not God. Okay. Oh. Uh, they get married. <laughs> anyway, Jan and Bess get married. And after a hot little honeymoon period, Jan decides to, uh, well, he needs to return back to the rigs to get back to work. So Bess is absolutely besotted with Jan and is completely lost without him. And, and uh, their sporadic phone calls are not enough to put her at ease. And she prays to God for something to bring Jan home. And in a sense, he, she gets what she wants because Jan is seriously injured and sent back to uh, the mainland for treatment. Bess feels guilty and believes it was her her own selfish prayers that brought on Jan's accident, which has left him paralyzed and unable to perform sexually. AJ, mm. feeling that he's a burden uh, and holding Bess back, he suggests that she hit the town to take a lover. Okay. In truth, I suspect he wants her to move on in some way, but he says to her, I was re-watching it before, and he does say to her that she she, she won't be able to get a divorce. Mm. So he wants her to be happy, but she can't get a divorce because of those, the elders. All in black, the elders. That's how they dress. Um, <laughs> side note. <laughs> that's a side note, okay? <laughs> so he just, he, anyway, he um, Jan is hiding, uh, you know, this behind... Uh, a desire for Bess to go out and, and nail dudes and tell him all about it in full cucktastic glory, okay? Uh, Bess takes this badly and she storms out, I uh, believe, calling him a cripple. And shortly after, Jan tries to commit suicide. He survives this but is readmitted to hospital for serious treatment and Bess gets to work throwing herself at Jan's doctor first, um, but she's rejected. 
she then puts on her fuck me boots and begins to nail random dudes from the village, which causes a bit of a scandal uh, with the stuffy villagers and her family. She is subsequently excommunicated from her church and rejected by her mother. The doctor convinces Yan to sign papers to have Bess committed for her own benefit. She manages to escape the clutches of the people trying to section her, but things are looking bad for Yan, okay? He's on the downward spiral. It's, I think it's pretty much over. Um, so Bess, believing she's making the ultimate sacrifice, submits herself to be ravished, ravished and beaten by a group of beastly sailors led by uh, the great. Uh, Udo Kier. Uh, Bess doesn't pull through, unfortunately, and uh, the church elders resolve to have a perfunctory funeral in which they will affirm her place in hellfire and damnation. Yan, who's surprisingly on the mend, uh, you know, and his oil ring mates, they take Bess's body, you know, from the morgue and substitute it with sandbags in, in the coffin. And while the mean old elders bury and damn the sandbags, uh, Yan and his gang uh, actually bury Bess's body at sea. And the next day, Yan is awoken by one of his compatriots, and out in the deep ocean on their oil rig, there is the mighty sound of, of church bells, and the film ends with what must be a, a sign from Bess. Two huge bells chiming in the clouds above. Are they God's balls? <laughs> <laughs> Look... That's one of my focus questions. So <laughs> you've, you've, you've skipped ahead. <laughs> well, they actually, you know, it is the most striking image in the film, mm. arguably, yeah. like yeah. the two CG bells, just you know, doing their thing. It so, it does it does catch you by surprise, don't you think? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm. because all of a sudden it's 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 really gone there. You know, it's, mm. it's crossed over into the magical realm. But I feel like that is the hallmark of, of Von Trier. Like, uh, you know, he goes there wherever, he, where, you know, he doesn't care. Mm. He wants the actual sex. He wants the CG bells. And this is, this is the stuff that, that Marvel would fire you for or talk you out of or whatever or, or shame you, or, you know, or say, oh, the focus groups, yeah, they, don't, they don't like uh, wedding bells or something. And you go... <laughs> He doesn't care. He just is like, it's got to be this way, or mm. I quit. It's got to be. It's got to be this way, or I'll die. <laughs> you know, is that a quote? So. Actually, I've got a quote. Let me play. You, let me play you a quote. I was wondering, do you do you still remember what it was that originally brought you into filmmaking? What what was the original attraction for you to become a filmmaker? Fascination of the media, or fascination of you know little. Scenes put together in your head that you can suddenly put up on a screen. It's uh, it's the same fascination that still drives me, and it's it's become more serious over the years. That and that's why I'm saying I don't spend my time doing jokes. I would never do that because uh, I'm a very fearful man. <laughs> I sometimes live a life that is very hard and very a lot of anxiety and pain. I'm not going to bore you with, it, with these details, but to make film is what I do, it's what I live for. It's a very banal thing to say, <laughs> pretentious, but it's somehow it's true. Could you, what, what would you be, or what, what would you imagine yourself being if you were not a filmmaker? Dead. Dead? <laughs> yes. Quite dead. <laughs> I might be quite dead as a filmmaker also. <laughs> Boom. So, 
the, so there you go. That's the man. Mm. That's who we're dealing with. Commitment. Okay. He doesn't fuck around. He didn't come to play. He's keeping it a hundred. He is, <laughs> and you know he doesn't care about Thor's hammer or whatever's going on in the Avengers. She Hulk. <laughs> she Hulk. Attorney at law. So, I mean, I don't know where to start really. So, so you know, are the bells? You know, is that Bess? Is that God? Mm. What, 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 what are we saying here? Uh, well, I, I think it's a sign from Bess in, in heaven, I guess, you know, on the other side. Yep. Okay. Well, it's done. Tick that off. Uh, <laughs> what's next? Done. What's next? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, did Bess's sexploits cure yarn? I, isn't that, isn't that the, the, um, the moral of the story? Get kinky and save your husband from death? <laughs> Yeah, That's, I'm just getting. I'm just getting you to confirm all of this. <laughs> so one of the good, one of the great scenes. I probably the scene I remember most is the bus ride. Yeah, oh, yeah. Famous. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just yeah. so she gets on uh, a bus and turns around, and a guy gives her a little, uh, uh, you know, a microaggression, a little wink, mm-hmm. a wink and a nod. Nods as good as a, uh, a, a, a wink to a, a blind bat, as they say. <laughs> And she gets up and sits next to him and stuffs her hand down his, his pants. He's a disgusting middle-aged farmer. Mm. And she's just whacking it straight away. And um, and then, like, when she, when he's, when she's he's finished, <laughs> she, she gets up to leave and he, he's got this pained look in his mm. face. Like, he tries to grab her when she's leaving. It's really weird. You know, like, what? Like he doesn't know. It's so real, though. It's like, what is he... He, he just doesn't understand what's going on. He's, I guess he's... Yeah, he wants more. Yeah, uh, but for her. She's grimacing the whole way through. She looks pained while jacking mm. him off. Yeah, like yeah. she hasn't got a big smile on her face. I don't think I've ever <laughs> been in too many situations where the woman is, you know, or my wife that has been grimacing in such a way. Uh, I should maybe I'm not paying too much. Maybe I'm so focused on me. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. I'm like, how, oh yeah, baby, oh yeah. I open my eyes and she's going. Oh, oh. And she's got to the best bit. She runs out of the bus and she goes, Wow, that's and throws up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheeky spew. <coughs> but, but she's doing God's work. <laughs> she is doing God's work. <laughs> she's doing, but, but Annette, look, I don't want to skip ahead to reviews, but um, this movie was lauded, okay? So I don't know how it made any money, but I think it did. Uh, and it did, yeah. I've got the box office here. If you doesn't quite add up though, like so. I think that <laughs> oh yeah, because you know it's forty-two million krona was the budget, and it grossed over four million in the US. So I don't know what the fuck a krona oh, is. Oh okay. Look, yeah, I don't. I look, I, I think the fact that it had Oscar noms and stuff. Mm. May, if you get Oscar noms, yeah, no, you, you, it's get, it's getting around, and it was back when you could make money. Mm. So I, I believe all that, but it was on all again. You know, massive people had it on their best of list wow. and stuff, and you just yeah. and 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 yeah, this was universally lauded by a lot of people, and you know, we'll get into it later, but um, that's just it's <laughs> it's just a bit strange because you know, in the current context, like the story is um is beyond the pale, isn't it? It is, yeah, for sure. I think. And it starts from the outset. Like, I think everyone is constantly telling Bess what to do from, like, the very start of the film. 
And then I, I, there was a scene early on that, I, and when I saw it, I knew that Bess was going to get it and get it bad. And that's when she <laughs> says to the priest, I think, that, um, you know, women should be able to stand up and speak in church as well, like the men. And I think he says something like, oh, you know, be quiet. Yes, stupid woman. Mm -hmm. And just for some reason, that little beat there, I just knew. I didn't hear anything after. I was too busy cheering. <laughs> Going, yes, but I was not going, the table, knocking the table like those Masonic men going. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Here, here. Stupid that only men can talk in the service. Hold your tongue, woman. I know she's had some sort of psychological issues that you learn about through the film, but she's just. Everyone's mum tell, is telling her what to do, like her sister's telling her what to do, the priest is telling her, the doctor's telling her, and then the husband's telling her to go go out and just nail random dudes and tell him about it. Mm. You know? I'd be telling her. She's annoying as fuck. This is a common uh, <laughs> criticism. She's not likeable. This, no, but this, okay. Now, is the hero, heroine of the idiots more likeable? Yes. Okay. I'll be interested to see what you think mm. next week um, because the, the slam on his heroines, particularly in this trilogy, you know, I remember people just saying, you know, everyone was like, oh, for God's sake, you know, like show some balls. Like it, it hinges on whether you think that sacrifice is, you know, ultimate sacrifice is valuable or what you think of their ultimate sacrifice because you might think that sacrifice is good but you might think that their that their supposed sacrifice is not worth it or they could do it another way or they're just they're generally annoying mm. or whatever but that makes a good actress that i felt like that i was like yeah shut up bess <laughs> but but no but this is the awkward thing is that so she's got like yeah there's something going on like because you're not a, nowadays if someone's got any kind of, you know, medication mm. or any, they're, they're not, there's just something going on. You're not allowed to say they're fucking annoying. Yeah. Like if they, you can't just go, oh, fucking, you, that guy's so fucking annoying. <laughs> and it's like, he's on lithium. Yeah. And you go, yeah, well, so what? Like, you know, <laughs> tough all, things, are, things are tough all over. Yeah, okay, so, now, what's he like when he's not on it? So what, he can't <laughs> get it up anymore. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, that's the thing. Like, you know, yeah, she was. I suppose she is a little bit annoying, but then I thought she was sweet in in the beginning. Yeah. When when did it turn? Would you date her? No. <laughs> oh no. Yes. No, I would, but but uh, I hope not. <laughs> no, because AJ, it's unfortunate that I mean you didn't see it much in this film, but you know. The crazier they are, the hotter it is. Uh, and I understand <laughs> that, but I feel like this is a different kind of crazy. Okay. I think she'd go off like a frog in a sock. <laughs> well, she had no what, experience. Once, it, once you teach yeah, her. Yeah, that's right. Once you teach her what you like. <sighs> Just keep talking. <laughs> it's getting hotter as we talk, you know? Yeah, She's eager to that. learn, though. She is, oh, and yes, eager to very play. Good, very good. Yes, very good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing as a sort of on the topic, like, don't you think Bess is like first sexual encounter and, and her first e exposure to like a naked man is mm. kind of sweet? Like that mm. whole that know, I've never, thing. never been with a naked man like that, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you go first. You go first and then I'll tell you. I'll tell you my chicken. stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but she's... Isn't, aren't they in the toilet? 
Like mm. she, she basically like has. Oh, well, first... there's that, but then, then when they have the proper yeah. like un, because they ca- they kind of do it when she's just out. down to pound. Well, yeah. they, they do it with the clothes on in the bathroom, mm. in the toilets okay. of the. Of That's the... Bill. So you're Bill Clinton. You're like, I did not have sex <laughs> with that woman. <laughs> I had my clothes on, and she just had my Johnson out of the pants. That's yeah. not. That doesn't that's count. Not even sex. <laughs> <laughs> like the rule is, if I've got all my clothes on and my Johnson's out, did I even have sex? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Um, yeah. So, but after that, they had a lot of hot sex after that. Mm. Again, this movie's sort of interested in sex and eroticism, mm, and definitely, stuff. and that's and that's not something you're allowed to do. <laughs> the movie's got a great relationship with sex. It's 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 healthy and positive and like marriage sex, mm. people being excited about having sex. Like that's you don't you rarely see that. You only ever see these these fucking TV shows where it's like, yeah, some sort of comment on how chicks like to get choked and stuff. Mm. Yeah, during sex, and you go, oh, for God's sakes, just. <laughs> Move on from this shit, you know? Mm. Yeah. There wasn't any choking in this film, but there was a bit of knife play Mm. on the boat. The sadistic sailors. Yeah. Udo Kier is listed as sadistic sailor. (laughs) (laughs) He only likes to watch, though. No, but I I thought about this. He must be a shadow version of Jan because Jan is saying he likes to listen, you know, or he he wants to hear stories, whereas Udo Kier is like, I want to watch you with... So it's all, it's all mm. sort of a genre of voyeurism. Or mm. So uh, w- what do we think about female martyrdom? You know, <laughs> I mean, I think that's that the film gets a lot of flack for that. I think mm. it's it's a. I don't know if you saw that interview with Stellan Skarsgård, which was really interesting. You know, yeah, he did. brought up some really great. You get real insight into. Fontrier's methods and and what I've heard from a lot of people that yeah obviously he's politically incorrect in his speech but he ultimately is a romantic and these these and likes and this is like a fairy tale as Stellan Skarsgård says so um you're either you know you're either repelled or or attracted to that idea that it's a fairy tale and and I've heard the word melodrama get thrown around a little bit and when I think it's even been thrown about from Von Trier himself in in a positive way, like um, to a certain degree. So I I, I don't know. Like yeah, it's a, this has got to be a device a divisive film. But I think what trumps everything is the stellar performances because there are other films in this trilogy. There are other films that he's done that go harder with the style. That go harder with some of the stylistics or the playful stuff and or, or different casting choices perhaps and people aren't on board they're like nah forget it too mm. much or too dark or too right. too weird whereas this movie had cut through there were people who liked this movie i think that didn't like other stuff okay. you know and so may i think it's got something to do what really struck me was in this viewing is the uh, the playful nature of of like the oil rig workers and um, mm. the the uh, there's something alive. They're, they're also breaking the fourth wall all the time. Like she's looking at us a bunch of times. Like clearly, because I hear that um, Von Trier has done a little bit of camera operating. I think even on this film, um, his DOP certainly did. You know all the stuff that DOPs do, but Von Trier increasingly operated the camera himself. 
Um, and he and he said that he had employed tricks on the, on this film as well to try and get his DOP when he was uh, operating to to not frame. He's like he's like I want you to point, don't frame. And so he'd say he'd say Bess is over there. She's going to start on the left, and then she'd start on the right, and then the, the, the DOP would have to like you know find her, and um, so he'd have to trick him a little bit. Which you know, you know what I think about tricking. But at the same time, it, the point is he's trying to capture something alive, and there's something about the way that the actors are. The actors are totally in it, and that they're not telling us what to think all the time. No. They're they're just friends. They're, those guys are friends. They feel like they've been friends forever. They're goofing around, and but you see, like that. Where you brought up the wedding scene, mm. it feels alive, right? Like the, all yeah. the little hijinks they're doing, and all the little vignettes and stuff. You see a little bit of this in in melancholia, similar wedding sort of stuff, or you know, the, the, he is just a master at capturing these 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 performances and these moments. So I feel like maybe that goes a long way to counterbalancing it, people who might just be like, yeah, understandably totally appalled by the idea of this woman being fridged. Mm. You know, for <laughs> to sort of to 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 be, she's just a human t- tiger balm mm. for um for yarn. <laughs> yeah, you know, like so he can get on with it. So excited, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be that yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that 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 to me that's that's what counterbalances that idea because the other ones, yeah, well, like next week it's going to get even more heavy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, just uh, you mentioned oil rigs. Fuck, man, who would work on an oil rig? Mm. <laughs> I love that. That's where you went with it. Like yeah. you, you went, you watched it, and you were like, "Fuck, man, oil rigs are dangerous." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but did you see those videos I sent you of dudes doing that sort of work? Same time, too busy doing the boobometer. <laughs> oh. Well, you should check them out later. Like, there's a guy that actually. It's only. It's a short, short. Uh, short clip on YouTube of a guy actually explaining what it is that they're doing, but also talking about how dangerous some mm. of the stuff is, you know. Well, it's beautifully captured, all the oil rig mm. stuff. It seems fairly legit. Yeah. I'm impressed by all of the, you know, I think he's gotten involved in, yeah, what you're meant to do on an oil rig and, like, and, and the hospital stuff. Mm. And there's stuff where people are actually, they've done a bit of research and they're doing it. It's not just broad strokes. Mm-hmm. You know, people are are into it. The place that they're living, it looks mm. like that there's nothing there. Like they're just living on the coast. There mm. seems to be no buildings anywhere. And then, but then they're at the hospital. And then, what, what is it? They're What's in a house. The place called again? It's the Isle of something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got to just check now. Hold it. It's a real Calvinist place. Yes. Uh, the exterior, the Isle of Skye. Okay, the exterior scenes were shot in Scotland. The graveyard was built for the film on the Isle of Skye. The church is in Loch Eilort, the harbour in Malague, and the beach in Mora. I think this I think this is all Scottish places. Von Trier chose Isle of Skye because it was popular with 19th century English romantic painters and writers. So I guess that's why we get... It does feel like, um, yeah, people being dwarfed by nature. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's huge crashing waves, and I mean, and that, that, and all of that is that romantic spirit. Like Wuthering Heights. That's how those guys felt. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Like Wuthering Heights. Like it's it's about being awed by nature. That was the spirit of the what was the word in um 
uh, I think I think awe is probably sums it up uh, best. The, or you know, people being uh, taken in by the expanse of nature mm. and 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 overwhelmed by it. And I think that's that's why this movie's brilliant. That's why he's fucking brilliant because. It's about choices. It's a creative, great creative choices. It's just like, you know, he could have set this, yeah, just, it could have just been anywhere. Like if he'd set this where they shot the idiots, mm. it wouldn't work or it wouldn't, it wouldn't work as well. Like it might mm. work, but he's gone, oh, I want it to, be, I can't do the accent, but he'd, he'd be like, uh, I want it to be near the ocean and crashing waves mm. and I want it to be people on hills and green hills and just alone Telephone box. Actually, that film Under the Skin that we talk about all the time, ScarJo, yes, is similar, similar, very similar, similar yeah. sort of place. But right? but where the fuck is this hospital where you can do like state of the art brain surgery? He got chop it. That's the mainland or mm. something. Like that's that's proper. Probably in like you know, I got to say I don't know anything about geography. <laughs> <laughs> but but Bess keeps visiting him. Yeah, well, I don't know. That that just is uh, is confusing to me. That makes like, sense. It, why, she, when she's away, she's so far away? Because it's like, Bass, where have you been again, bitch? Like, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> like she jumps on a bus and goes back and forth. And but but Stellan Skarsgård does say that the Von Trier creates his own universe, and it is a fantasy. Like, yeah. I've I've pumped up the the research elements of some of those things, but at the end of the day, it's preposterous. Mm. Like, it's it's a prepo- Like, what is this town where? These footloose elders are, are, you know, they're not just shutting down dancing. They don't, they don't want nothing to happen. Yeah, they don't even want bells. The kids. Uh, that's the scene that Th- sticks, that throw rocks yeah. at you, and oh, that they just yes. keep following her. Yes. Was... And the priest doesn't even help yeah. her. He goes, he, he goes to get her friend. Yeah. To help her. So. What, what are they calling a tart? Tart. Yeah. 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 Straight up. Who's a tart? I, you know, I thought I thought they were going to bang her. To be honest. Well, yeah, I thought that they might yeah. gang rape her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. We'll just well, keep on so throwing I, rocks at her. No, but I think you you're where Von Trier wanted you mm. to be. Like he wanted you to fit, be in that place. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, or or I thought or I thought those kids were going to kill her. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. He, that's is all part of it. Mm. It's all part of it. He, he, he'd be happy with that. He'd be like, "Yes, very good." <laughs> so um, we pass. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, you pass. <laughs> so offsetting all of all of this is are these chapter headings that that come up, and yeah. uh, they have fucking amazing music mm. yeah. playing. Like the, there's no score, right? There's no score. No. To this movie. And then we just have these chapter headings with the most lush glam rock songs of all time. Like, a couple of my favourite songs. Like, I had forgotten about this uh, Leonard Cohen song, Suzanne, which is um, fucking 10 out of 10 song. Like, it's one of my favourite songs in terms of that period. Like, it's just, yeah, the most beautiful song. Suzanne, Leonard Cohen. So everyone listen to that. And, and fucking Life on Mars. Yes, that was good. Which yeah. is... Do you know why don't people talk about Life on Mars enough? Why are people playing... Like, when people play some Bowie shit, I'm like, can we just play Life on Mars, please? <laughs> like, why are we fucking around with... And some people are like, oh, let's play Let's Dance mm. by Bowie. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> let's play Life on Mars. Let's play that. 
<laughs> that's his best song. I don't care what anyone says. That's it's incredible. It it's is. an incredible song. I, and I heard the lyrics while while it was playing over the the, the 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 these images. So these images are super wide, like paintings. Mm. Yeah. And there's and and that there's there's slow moving phenomena. So there's clouds that slowly move, or skies that change, or darkness that comes, or and it, and it, it feels like each one of them might be ninety seconds or. Mm. I don't know. Goes for a while. Yeah. Something. yeah. So it's long enough for you to to yeah uh, uh, take a breath to to reset to read the chapter heading, but to look at this tableau as well and to hear the music mm. and because it's set in the seventies, I didn't even mention that really. But you get you get that, but it's not in the in a boogie nights way where they've made <laughs> made a big deal of it. You know, it's not like yeah, it's flares yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but you, it's probably what the seventies actually looked like. Mm. Yeah, well, the, each era, each era kind of is, looks like the previous era, really, because you just you've got everyone's wearing old clothes and yeah, you're not no one's wearing stuff that came out just today. Yeah, the latest fashion from Milan. Yeah. So, did you what did you did you like the, these tracks or what? Yeah, they were great. Yeah, yeah. amazing and and expensive too. That's right. Like they they would have been in a sizable chunk of the budget. Elton, yeah. two Elton songs, T Rex. Procol Harum, Deep which Purple. Is a great song. I, I love the Deep Purple track. Mm. Thin Lizzy. So it's just it's like incredible music. Like yeah, I'm so jealous when I hear all that music. I'm just like fuck. Like you know, but he's got everything else going on. He's made a genuine piece of art. Mm. So you know, he's not borrowing legitimacy. I'd argue that yeah, like he's he's meeting a lot of these songs toe to toe. Mm. Some people can argue with me about that, but it's he's created something that's that's challenging and becoming of 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 this 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 music, as opposed to fucking Baby Driver, <laughs> you know. Which don't Ricky, don't watch that movie. I haven't seen it, mate. <laughs> it's no good. It's no good. It's garbage. Well, uh, just because we're on the topic of the look of the film uh, with those those chapter headings, uh, so the low res look of the of the film was obtained by transferring the film to video and then back to film again. That's cool. Amazing. Amazing. That is, you know, because you can all do it with the stroke of a, a you know, mouse click mm. now. Yeah. Um, so in the 90s, it was a lot more involved. So the movie Seven is a, is a lot of processing and, you know, going through a real process to get the film to look a certain way, just like this. That was a real skill. The... The generally speaking, what I, I I don't know what you guys think of this, but I feel like the easier something is, um, the more access you have to do it, and the the sort of the less relevance it has. Mm. I think I've heard Rontria mention it about this. Like, if you can just do it, ap- apply a filter, like a, at a high mm. school. If your high school student can do it, it's no longer has any value. Mm. Yeah, like this only this look only had value because, although it suited the movie, it was hard to do. Mm. It was a ball lake. They had to transfer the whole fucking thing from film to video and back again and then edit mm. it. And, and it gives it this degraded, strange, otherworldly look. And it does add to that, that um, alien landscape. You feel like you're, yeah, looking at a completely different world, mm. you know. That's unthinkable because it, you're putting... Um, Remember we watched Zardoz and and um, there was all that stuff about that uh, DOP, J 
Jeffrey Unsworth using all the crystals and and almost destroying mm. the movie. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. and now, you know, in contrast, you would never ever be able to get away with that kind of diffusion or that this this kind of filtering. You know, where, where you've got where it's so degraded at some points, you, you can't even see someone's face. But you'd have to think like it's almost an afterthought these days when it wouldn't have been then they would have thought about it made it happen yes whereas in editing they'd just be like let's let's try some filters like when people are taking selfies or whatever it's absolutely the aftermath not it's shifted the creativity in down the line it's kicked the can down the down the road and and now you can make the decision later so therefore it's got no it's got less Mm. less value yeah talked about that before well, that's the same with, with a lot of action sequences now. You know, they have so little purchase now because you know that they're just shot on a green screen mm. somewhere, you know. Mm, whereas yeah. whereas if you see some of these big blockbuster action movies from the 90s, like, like Cliffhanger, and, and, and you see some of the stunts and effects, like they're, they're, they're real. Mm. They've, they've mm. done them. They've been shot, you know. And, and that sort of makes the experience of watching... Uh, I, I know Cliffhanger is a very different film from this one, yeah. but but uh, you know just just the the just in awe of that of, of the movie making process, you know. But there's an alchemical element to it because it's, there's there's a, re- a randomness. There's there's, a, there's also mistakes. There's also mm. uh, there's things that if you had all the variables in front of you and you tried to put them together, you wouldn't be able to. There's something about yeah the way that a crystal. Refracts the light and almost destroys the, mm. the whole thing and whatever that. But you look at it and you go, "Whoa, that almost doesn't work, but it does work." You know, that's that mm. is very different mm. to that's that's a really exciting part of filmmaking. That you know, it's impossible to sell that to execs now. You'd never be able to sell that. Like you, you've got to trick them. You've got to tell them, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we got it all in control." And then you've got to find ways of recreating this, this, the, all the stuff that was in this movie. I think, mm. like, like. You know, gen- so much creativity. The music, the the, the look of the film, the the acting, the actors, the acting. Mm. You know, everything was just so such a celebration of 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 the process. And he was he a real trailblazer as well. Like like the, just the way that people are acting. They're in their own world, and there's not much talking really. There's a lot of talking, but like some. Like the, the the oil rig guys are just in their own world. Like they're not um sort of always smiling at each yeah. other. Is that because they the English is their second language or something or <laughs> no? But it's it's weird and wonderful. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the relationship with her and her friend was weird. Is it her sister? No, I thought it was her sister. Oh, Dodo McNeil, Bess McNeil, and Dodo McNeil. I think it is her sister. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it like it's a sister, I'm sure. Cuz they talk about they talk about their mum. Yeah, I thought she was just a uh. ring in that she was kind of they'd made family because she says why did you stay? Or maybe maybe it's like was that the 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 husband was oh no, I, that she's sister-in-law. Sister-in-law maybe. Uh yes, that makes more sense. Cuz it's like why did you stay? Cuz she could have left. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, just quickly um, Keeper or Creeper mm-hmm. So <laughs> Just knock this little bad boy off Again This is a small town 
Yeah. All right. So there ain't a lot going on. But we've got Stellan Skarsgård as Jan Nyman. Blue collar type. So, you know, not snooty. Stoffer last week was a bit, you know, uh, sort of silver spoon mm. in the mouth sort of guy. This is more of your blue collar type. Um, oil rigger. Yeah, that's hot. You know. It is, that is a bit hot, isn't it? And he looked like he knew dangerous. what he was doing. Competent, mm. dangerous. All that stuff that Jordan Peterson says is good. <laughs> um, but is it swing work? So, you know, what is it? Seven days on, seven days off, yeah. two weeks on to it. Who knows? What, what, whatever it I is, like you've got a bit of time to yourself. Yeah, well, best didn't. No. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you how it goes. Um, a man, a few words. But generally pretty jovial and playful. Yeah. So... You know, he was always up for a joke and, you know, like he tied the can, the marriage cans to his jeans and ran around and stuff. Like, it's not for me. It's fun stuff. <laughs> well, we, just hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. I'm not finished yet. Right? So, this, other, more, this other stuff. Yeah, but this other stuff might win you over. Now, just look, just some physical stuff. Like, look, I don't know what you think. He's got sort of, he's got a wispy hair with a ponytail. Yeah. So I don't know how they feel about that. Um, <laughs> now, it's not often that we can comment on this, but the last couple of films we've been able to, sort of a medium pecker size. Mm. So, like, I've gotten a look. I saw it. <laughs> saw it. We, we haven't Uncut. seen it erect, though. We haven't That's seen true. it in its full glory. No, I saw. we saw Stoffer's Stiffy, but not... Stiffy. Not yarns, unfortunately. <laughs> Anyway, um, look, he does, at the end of the day, he wants you to be happy. Okay? So, he, he really does want you to be happy. And by that, I mean to go out and degrade yourself so you can bring him back some juicy stories. <laughs> now, so I don't know how that, that uh, sits with you. I'm down. So, that's Jan Nyman. Um, yeah, mm. keep a creeper. I... The only other person I thought might be might have been good. He was on the maybe pile. Was the sadistic sailor, oh. but I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't get a good read on him. You know, like he was a bit mysterious. Mm, I didn't want to lead you down <laughs> the garden path with him. What you don't want to live on a houseboat, AJ? Houseboats are cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a man of influence, and That's true. you know, interesting guy. Ooh. Interesting guy. So anyway, yeah, yeah, Nyman. Uh, what do you talk to me, AJ? What do you What are you feeling? What do you think about? At the this? start, it was all good. It was he's into it. He likes his bitches a bit cray. I was, I was down with it. Um, yep. Yeah, and then things things took a turn. Things what when he got injured or at work compo? When he got <laughs> that's compo, true. he's on a good compo a deal. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I th- I'm gonna have to say creeper. Creeper, fair enough. <sighs> another so another creeper. yeah, he wasn't. I found that his hair really upsetting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's it's the, b- like the balding and the long hair. Mm. Long like hair and yeah. you know, and it was because it's lank and yeah. you know, it's just like, come on, mm. Stellan. It's like doing? like a bit like Bill Murray back mm. in the day. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like it's wispy and. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, is it on or it off? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. You know? All right. Well, let's get back there. All right. I have some trivia. 
So Helena Bonham Carter was Von Trier's first choice to play the role of Bess, but she dropped out just before shooting was to start, reportedly due to the large amount of nudity and sex and sexuality required in the role. Several other big name actresses were considered, but none of them were comfortable with the subject matter. Von Trier was eventually won over by Emily Watson's audition, even though she was a complete unknown in the film industry at that time. So I think she had worked the Shakespeare Theatre Company in mm. London or something for a while, and uh, but uh, only I think I think I read somewhere she was only holding, you know, like spears in the back row and stuff. Like oh. she she wasn't like she was a prominent actor there, you know. At the end of the day, you know, you don't have to get your titties out if you don't want to, and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But I, I, I have this part of me. I want to know if the people who turned this movie down when it was nominated for Oscars mm. and was everywhere in the, and like you know, smashing it at Cannes, whether they went... Should have got my minge like, out. Well, should have <laughs> yes. got it out for me to look at and everyone else. So I wonder if they, you know... Or if they're like strident, like, no, no, yep, I definitely, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's all about the vibe, I guess, but um, I, I would say, um, rationally speaking, that Helena was wrong. I think it would have I'd been say, a completely different movie. Yeah, it would have, yeah, totally. Mm. But I just, I just, in this case, I just go, oh, well, your radar's off. He's a great artist and um, should have got him out. Mm. But, but yeah, I don't yeah, think she she's as innocent. She could play it. As innocent. I haven't seen any of the period stuff she's done. Mm. I've only seen, I mainly remember her from Fight yep. mm. mm. So, oh, and she was one of the apes in uh, Planet of the Apes. I borrowed the Tim Burton <laughs> one. Right. Okay. Silly movie. <laughs> <laughs> this was number six on Martin Scorsese's list of the best films of the 1990s. That's big. Go. That is big. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Emily Watson revealed that originally in the script, the scene of Bess, uh, of Bess's wedding night was much more traditional with Bess getting undressed. She said, I felt uncomfortable and said so. And Lars answered that the scene wasn't working, that it was dull. So Lars uh, said, Emily, you just sit down there and Stella, you take off your, co- off your clothes. Uh, and it turned into this hilarious scene about the first time you see a naked man and how ridiculous it all is. Uh, where Bess shows uh, a lack of knowledge of any sort whatsoever mm. about men, Watson said. It's sweet. It's mm. a sweet scene. And she's all, yeah, she touches his little pecker <laughs> and she's all coy and she's laughing. She blows, yeah, she blows her hair out of her mm. face. She goes, <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> so, yeah, wonderful. Really, really. if you were sitting behind the split, look, watching that her performance, you'd just go, I have gold. you just go, we've got it. We've got it. Mm. You know? Well, that's my trivia. Well, short and sweet, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Well, I had another quote that I wanted to play for you, so I found this one today. Is it a liberation or is it kind of um, indulgence, regression? um... Well, well, this film doesn't give an answer like that. It's not a film that's only a commercial for a certain idea. Uh, And... it's, it's a film about a group of people who has this interest and they have different reasons for going into it and they have a lot of problems and so, so, so it's not a, a film that's uh, it's not a, uh, it's not a commercial for, for an idea. He's talking about the idiots there and we've been talking about this since the second episode, Ricky. We've been talking about a manual for your life. Well, we can add Lars von Trier's idea 
So he's getting asked the question about, is it, is it about, is spazzing about liberation or about this or that? And he's saying, it's not a commercial for an idea. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the sort of response that we need to be getting out there. Straight up. Like, well, no, but it is. Yeah, though. that's it's what like, I mean. It's, when people say, oh, is it about this? You just go, yeah, it's not a commercial for an mm. idea. It's, it's a lot that's going on in it. And, um, and genuine pieces of art... Yeah, from you mentioned Martin Scorsese, Raging Bull, or or whatever, fucking Dances with Wolves. It, it, they're, they're about a bunch of different things. Mm. Like you know, you shouldn't be able just to sum it all up. You you could, you know, maybe put a keyword, but th- that's just for show, really. When you get down into it, some of these films that we talk about and we like keep coming back to what we love. Like I mean, even some of his, like Melancholia. What the fuck is that all about? Someone might say, I've heard some people say oh, it's about depression. I'm like, yeah, but is it? Mm. On another level, it's about a, an asteroid coming to Gillis. Mm. So it's about a lot of stuff. And this film's about a lot of stuff. Breaking the Waves is about a lot of stuff. So, you know, and that's why it's a, it's a complete work. It's not just one single idea like where we go, yeah, I don't even like this. Oh, it's about sacrifice. It's like, yeah, well, y- 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 I feel that's only because I feel something. Mm. That's why it's about, you know, but it's a lot of, there's a lot of characters, a lot of moments. You know, it's not a commercial for an idea. So that's, I wanted to get that out there. Let's bring that back. Right. Well, Ebert, Ebert was a big fan of this one. As we know, he hated the idiots and he couldn't believe that Lars von Trier went from Breaking the Waves to the idiots. Mm. Um, and he said that uh, Breaking the Waves is emotionally and spiritually challenging, hammering at conventional morality with the belief that God not only sees all, but understands a great deal more than we give him credit for. It tells the story of Bess, a simple woman of childlike naivete, uh, who sacrifices herself to sexual brutality to save the life of the man she loves. And he goes on to say, uh, not many movies like this get made because not many filmmakers are so bold, angry and defiant. Like many truly spiritual films, it will uh, it will offend the Pharisees. Here we have a story that focuses us to take sides, to ask what uh, really is right and wrong in a universe that seems harsh and indifferent. Is religious belief only a consolation for our uh, inescapable destination in the grave? Or can faith give the power to triumph over death and evil? Yeah, but the idiots arguably did, you know, had a similar thing going on. Well, I, I I feel that Ebert sometimes I don't think he can get past just the look of the film, like the idiots. When you when you see this breaking the waves, and then you see the idiots, like you can't. You think they should be the other way around, like like perhaps you did, John. Mm. That's what I. That's why I made that mm. mistake. Yeah, that yeah. the idiots. It looks like you know it could have been like a smash hit student film or something. Mm. Like this guy struck mm. gold. He made it. He made it on campus somewhere. You know because mm. it looks shitty. Mm. And then he went on to do Breaking the Waves, but you know, other way around. So I don't know. I think I think some people just can't get over the look of it. You know. Yeah. Uh, Empire. I've got a a, a uh, oh. review here from Empire. <laughs> uh, the development of Bess and Jan's bond from a misunderstanding to tragedy, twisted sacrifice is frankly creepy and infuriating. Oh yes, that I'm so glad. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Bess's conversations with God especially resemble a clumsy exorcist spoof and one is tempted to side with the cognizant who reckons she should be padded in a padded cell. 
Uh, the perverse convulsions of the second hour are also particularly hard going. It's here that credulity and patience become strained to breaking point. But Von Trier is intent on the miraculousness inherent in love and faith and miracles are duly provided in a daring and exulting send off repayment with interest, uh, re- repayment with interest for the ordeal by which it's been obtained. Empire <laughs> is the worst magazine in <laughs> The history of filmmaking, uh, they are just—they give five stars to all the wrong stuff. They love. They would <laughs> yes. fucking love Baby Driver. They, they'd go. go they'd go Baby Driver. They'd go Baby Driver five, and they'd and, and you know, but then they'd give Heat five. <laughs> they'd go. They'd go Heat five, Baby Driver five, um, and then yeah, they'd go like you know, fucking um, Crimes of Passion one star, and then you go yeah. Well, that's a that's a pretty good film too, and they're like, no, no it's gross, and you go, you guys are child children, so I hate that. Movie. But you think about um, her eyes when she is all fucked up and going to die, and the hmm. the look in her eyes when she's, is he going to be okay? I have, I've done this for him, and she just hmm. looks like. It's incredible, her face. Her acting is mm. absolutely incredible. And to be a nobody, yeah. to, to, to have done no films. Yeah, crazy. And to then be nominated. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. It's crazy. I think she might be the chief. Isn't she also in Punch Drunk Love? Yes. We should watch that movie again. Mm. Great film. I think it's probably time for the Me Too Meter. So a couple of things to go over. Does it firstly does it need to be said that a cishet man is telling a woman's lived experience? Uh, stay in your lane, you Danish fuckface. I say. <laughs> now, this might be the most offensive movie since Police Academy. Okay? <laughs> right. A woman with emotional problems has degrading sex with men in order to cure her husband's illness. What on earth gives Lars von Trier the right to say that women have magical pussies? <laughs> okay. We had to sit there and watch as she gave a hand job to a gross old farmer guy on a bus and then wiped the spooge on her scarf just so she could have a good story to tell her pervert husband. Oh, wait. Oh, hold it. He's disabled. Can you be perverted and disabled? Oh, so that's I leave that to you for you to ponder. I think okay? you've broken the internet. You've broken the woke. So <laughs> I, I think that might be a special move. There, so, <laughs> anyway, the film won back some points by suggesting that Bess was getting paid for her gangbang with the sadistic sailors, but then the film ruins it by by having her die, essentially fridging her. And as we know, we've talked about fridging before. That's when you. Uh, kill a woman to uh, to further a man's story. Yarn in this case, uh, she was dispatched to service Yarn's story, and um, and he turns out to be the real hero of the movie. Uh, the film also made a big deal of Bess being a virgin, which is patriarchal nonsense and high fantasy for pigmen. Ricky, <laughs> I bet you've had dreams of betting hot nubile virgins <laughs> every night. Disgusting, disgusting. <laughs> Okay. Uh, when Bess dons her hot pants and fuck me boots and goes on her detour, everyone <laughs> in this, like everyone in this awful town begins to judge her. Man, woman, and child. That's before she's excommunicated by the old men who run the show. 
No woman should be judged for having sex with gross men in broad daylight next to the storage shed. I think if women want to whack off random guys on the bus, that's empowering and beautiful. Okay? I'm there for that. I'm also available to be on the bus. <laughs> yes. And be the guy. Yeah. Maybe even. Anyway, uh, finally, uh, be- you know, I think it's just needs to be said that best presenting her naked body to um, the doctor is just yet another ruse for someone like Lars von Trier to catch a glimpse of Emily Watson's somewhat sparse uh, pubic hair. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I gave it a good look. Look at that coy little smile. (laughs) (laughs) Being a naughty boy. (laughs) Oh, actually, finally, heavens to Bechtel. Uh, This is the Bechtel test. Quickly, just quickly, you know, as we say, a Bechdel test is uh, to evaluate evaluate bias against women in uh, films and other media. To pass, it needs to have two named women who talk to each other about something other than the man. We have Bess and Dodo. We've established their relationship. Um, they are sisters-in-law, I think, mm. but they do talk about Yan and Dodo's dead husband mostly. Mm. But so. you could say that they talk about Bess being stupid. <laughs> I think, I think that breaks the rules because I think what these women want is them to talk, yeah, to be talking about um, the nuclear codes. Yeah. Or, I know, you know not putting her down. They, they, yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to be putting her down. Like, that's the thing. Oh, I just really hate it when women, when you go, because oh, that never happens in real life. And you go, yeah, I know. But like, they want to be talking, they, they want them to be talking about the upcoming board meeting mm. yeah about slaying yeah how to slay best and then you can have the scene in she-hulk where it <laughs> teaches her how to how to twerk yep does that pass the bechdel test i don't know twerking yeah i think you should say you, you tw- fail if you twerk you're twerking you for yourself aren't you well i guess <laughs> i guess so do you do you anyway i think it fails so um yeah, that's the me too media. What are we giving this out of 10? It's 10. 10. I think this is 10. It's 10. Yeah, this is, I know, or it I might no, be 11. 11. I have no qualms about this. This mm. is this is the most offensive movie. Like like, And in fact, this is one of those instances where Martin Scorsese and the rest of them are, are just, again, deadly silent. We haven't heard from any of my heroes. They're all quiet. They don't, they don't, I never, I never hear, the only person is Quentin Tarantino. I never hear anyone defend anything good. I guess they've all got Alzheimer's now. <laughs> well, they are all fucking old, but how come I never? You never see them on documentaries mm. saying, uh, "I love Breaking the Waves." Yeah, mm. and I would die for Breaking the Waves. Like it's an amazing movie, and I'm so glad we got it. Which is worse? Which is worse, Breaking the Waves or The Idiots? Breaking the Waves. May, it depends we're on the hierarchy of power and oppression. So mm. Breaking the Waves is more offensive to women, uh, whereas Idiots is more offensive to, to disabled people. So on the on intersectional hierarchy who's got it worse Mm. disabled women yes but white women are pretty disappointed that they don't have much oppression that's why they've invented queer queerdom but i i think you're a hundred percent right ricky that it's it's just that it's more depressing that's why i say that because Mm, the idiots was lighter well kind of (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like lighter, not yes. really, but yeah, not really. but not so drab. This was drab. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think, anyway. I think the darkness in this in this mm. film and the drabness probably uh, helps to push it past the idiots. Yeah, yeah, it was really dark. Anyway, the boobometer rating. Uh, 
Anyway, Nat- anyway, shush, stop talking. Nat- Boom, I'm natural, not. the natural, all natural, all natural. Uh, <laughs> fucking open those eyes. A, a <laughs> those eyes open. A cup, maybe B. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. Laying down, laying down, hard to tell. A or B, who knows. Uh, slightly inverted left nipple <laughs> is all I'm saying. She was naked for a long time, so I will, mm. like... I get it. Why you did mm. notice that? I'm into it. So <laughs> I was. I, I. I. That. That actually lifted the the rating. I was like, you know, one bigger than the other is big in my book too. One bigger than the other. I go. Mm, yes. Extra points. <laughs> it's like a special move in the diving or something with an extra spin. Yeah. Like, yeah you know they're real then. Yes. Ricky gets it. See. <laughs> So anyway, um, you know, quantity not not great, quality um, high. <laughs> the quality so, is always high. That's right. You take whatever you can get. You definitely will. <laughs> yeah, it's always bring high, back the scissor- scissoring lesbians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm just, anyway. I'm look. If you've made it this far. It's because you like the boob on and up. You know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're if you still listening, I can only assume you want to know about the boob on the It can't be anything else at this point of things. Well, uh, yeah, AJ, look, get yourself ready for next week because it's, um, yeah, dance in the dark. So, put aside some time, some you time. Mm. Is it a long and, one? Um, yeah. Yeah. Long, yeah, yeah. More hey, of the it, same. It's a musical. Mm. Yeah, so, it is a musical. Yeah, the, the closing of the of the trilogy, yeah. of the Golden Heart trilogy. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> rating is going to be. It's going to be desolate. <laughs> it will be. Yeah. Unfortunately, but this is what we do for art. Like you know, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> <laughs> and then you say next month, let's go back to the eighties, teen. Yeah, no, I'll be like Russ Meyer. Yeah, Russ, right. yeah, Russ Meyer. Just jump in. <laughs> All right. Well, we said what we said. Yeah, this is yeah. this is where we're going. Like <laughs> we've arrived at our destination. Arrived after a year. That's all right. Mm. <laughs> and until next time, longer than you flash. Longer than you. I think if women want to whack off random guys on the bus, that's empowering and beautiful.